0: That is awesome. How many of you are awake now? <laughs> All of you. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. All right. Good morning, everyone. All right. There we go. That was awesome. Okay. You can be seated this morning. For those of you I don't know, my name is Todd. I'm the lead pastor here, and um, I am so glad that you have chosen to be with us here today in worship and uh, be a part of uh, Hilton Head Island Community Church, and um, I want to give a uh, special welcome to to those of you who are visiting today, thank you so much for coming out on this crisp, cold winter day. Yeah, all of you from Michigan and Ohio are like wimps. You guys are wimps to live down in the South. This is nothing. Anyway, I'm glad that you're here today. I also want to uh, give a special welcome to those of you who are in first through fifth grade today. If you're in first through fifth grade, let me hear you this morning. <laughs> We have one first through fifth grader, and I think that was an adult that said that. <laughs> first through fifth grade, say hello. All right, you guys are all in the back. Awesome. Hey, I wanted, to, uh, I wanted to just tell you guys in particular that I loved having you guys in our worship service last week. Am I right, parents and adults? You guys were awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of it. As Cynthia mentioned earlier, uh, we are underway with our renovation uh, to our Island Kids and Ignite space, and um, it's back there, and she said it's chaos, but it's awesome chaos because it means expansion, and expansion means that we have more kids that are coming, and so we're excited about that, but that means they have to be with us here for these next few weeks and so uh, we've created, hopefully, a fun environment for them, and um, they've got, we've, each week we have an activity sheet that they can go pick up, moms and dads, back uh, at the table under the exit sign to my right, uh, right there. And so uh, it's got some just little uh, word search and some um, pictures to draw I had. Someone come up to me last week and hand me their picture. That was awesome. So anyway, um, that was really cute. So anyway, so I want to encourage you, if you are a uh, a person who's in here from first through fifth grade and you're a part of um, Ignite or Island Kids, um, just be a part of that and I just want to encourage you. You know what I love about the kids being in here last week? Um, When I'm speaking, they talk back to me. And pastors like to be talked back to. So anyway, so adults pay attention. I like that. That's good stuff. So anyway, so I'm, I'm glad for that. Hey, if you have your Bible this morning, you can turn to Luke chapter 21. We're going to be in Luke chapter 21 today. And uh, when you came in, you received a worship folder. It's a little thing that looks something like that. And uh, the notes for today are in there. You can also, if you have a smartphone or device or something uh, that you can get on the internet, we have a guest uh, uh, network that you can get on and you can visit and download our app and be a part of those notes and the verses uh, today. And uh, so that's good news. You guys can, can view it that way. So one of the things that we've been talking about and kind of our centerpiece of these past few weeks and the, the weeks moving forward um, is this whole idea of change. And uh, we talked last week a little bit about change and how some of us love change how many of you love change? Say, I love change. All right, awesome. How many of you hate change? I hate change. All right, there's a lot of people that want things constant in here. All right, well, I'm glad about that. So we all have kind of different views on that. We all have kind of different ideas on how much we love and hate change, and, and some of us to different degrees and that sort of thing. It's interesting, though. Think about everything that changes in a 24-hour period of time. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible how often things change. And I've heard it said that the only thing that remains the same is is that things change. And uh, that's really true in many cases. But Jesus calls us, and we kind of began two weeks ago by talking about this. Jesus calls those of us who are his disciples, who are followers of him, to be salt and light. And salt and light are two elements that bring change to their environment. Am I right? They bring change to their environment. And so Jesus wants us Who are Christ followers, who are God followers, who are Jesus followers, to uh, be people who bring salt and light to the environments that we exist in. He wants us to be agents of change, right? He wants us to be agents of change. And so over these weeks and uh, what we've gone past and where we're going, we're taking a look at six different individuals from the Bible who are change agents, they cause change in their environment. They cause people to be better. They cause people to be challenged in their faith walk, or today as we're going to look in their level of trust in God. And uh, so all of these particular people, some of them you'll know very well, some of them you won't know uh, very well, they may be a little bit more obscure, they're all agents of change for God and for His kingdom. And so it's very exciting that we can do that. In fact, what we learned in week one is, is this. Everyone influences someone. Everyone influences someone. It doesn't matter whether you're the youngest person in here. Uh, obviously, we can have an influence. I'm not talking about an infant, but that can happen too, right? That can happen too. <laughs> Babies change us, don't they, parents? In a big way, don't they, infants? Woo. We all have influence over someone or whether you're the oldest person who's in here, whether you're the strongest person who's here today or the weakest person, or if you're the tallest person or like me, you're the shortest person in this room, you all can be agents of change with someone or a group of people. And so we learned that in week one. We also learned that, the, uh, that there is an opportunity to help change your environment When a situation arises where change is needed and we as Christ followers need to be looking for opportunity We need to be looking for situations where we see an opportunity to make a positive change to help stretch someone in their faith Or help someone uh, help bring someone along in their own faith walk and so last week we had our first change agent and we looked at Jesus feeding the 5,000. And if, the, if you were with us last week, he didn't really feed 5,000. How many did he feed? He fed 10,000. All right. He fed 10,000. I love it. And so Jesus fed this huge group of people, but he did it by using this little boy who was in the crowd that day, and he used this little boy to bring about change because this little boy gave up his lunch to help bring about this miracle with five pieces of bread, and two fish, Jesus fed over 10,000 people. And so this little boy was willing to bring about change. And we, we learned that, that uh, when others aren't willing, we should be willing to bring about change. When others doubt, we can believe that God will bring change. When others uh, lack the confidence in God, we can demonstrate our faith in God by believing in him. And so we all have the opportunity to be change agents, just like that little lunch boy. Today's change agent is similar in some aspects and different in some aspects from this little lunch boy that we talked about last week. This change agent we're going to look at today also had the opportunity to uh, give selflessly of herself. She had the opportunity to um, give something away just like that lunch boy did but where she helped i want you to capture this where he where she' uh, where the lunch boy helped stretch someone's faith and belief in god the person that we're going to look at today actually helped stretch their trust that god will provide and so we're going to look at that today Now, I want to ask you a question, and I'm going to have you all raise your hand this morning, okay? Um, And I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and when you raise your hand, keep your hand up for a moment, okay? Because I want you to to see what happens here. Um, How many of you are in here today, and how many of you have a brother or a sister in your life, okay? Awesome. They're awesome, right? right? Students, they're awesome. You love your brothers and sisters, right? This is what the conversation we have to have around our house sometimes. Keep your hands up. Okay. How many of you have a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend? Raise your hand. Significant other. No, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Everybody keep your hands up. All right. How many of you have a distant relative that you know? Keep putting up your hands. I think most everybody's. How many of you have a friend in your life? (laughs) Okay. If you don't have your hands raised there, we'll talk later. Please see me afterwards. But anyway, okay. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Um, How many of you just know someone? How many of you know someone? Anybody just know someone? I mean, you know, there's another human being that you have interaction with. Okay, you can put your hands, wait, wait, put your hands back up. Look around. You all have the opportunity to give, don't you? (laughs) Because when it comes to the people in our lives, we have the opportunity to give. And sometimes that happens often, doesn't it? So we all understand giving. We all understand what it means to give. And today's change agent is someone who gave up so much of herself that she set a whole new standard for the word give. She set a whole new level of what generosity means because she gave something of herself. Let's take a look at this passage from Luke 21, one through six. Take a look at it with me. You can read uh, silently yourself as I read, and the words will be on the screen. Verse one of Luke 21, Jesus, he looked up and he saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. L- let me just stop there and, and make a note that Jesus is in the temple. We're going to come back to the temple in this message here in a few minutes, but um, Jesus is there in the temple and he's watching the rich Put their their offering or their gifts into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in how much? More More than all of them. For they contributed out of their, what is that next word? Abundance. 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 But she out of her, say it with me. She put in all she had to live on. I love that. I love that. But let's not miss verses 5 and 6. Sometimes when you study this passage, you study the poor widow that Jesus talks about here in the temple, you miss 5 and 6. I think 5 and 6 are so important. We'll draw a conclusion on that at the end. And while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he, Jesus says, as for these things that you see, the days will come where there will be left here, will not, will not be left here, one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Jesus is in the temple. As the Jewish people did there in Jerusalem, they would gather in the temple and they were gathering in this area that was a common area in the temple. The temple, this temple that was built, uh, was, there was a common area uh, often known as the assembly of women. And Jewish people could gather in this area. It didn't matter who you were. You could gather in this area as long as you were Jewish. Gentiles were not allowed in this particular part of the temple. But in this particular part of the temple, there were often just common people. And in this particular part of the temple was a box where people would give their offerings to the temple. They would give their offering to God. Very similar probably to our box, except probably a lot more ornate. And so they were giving, and Jesus here is observing people giving, and he makes a very profound observation about the giving Take a look at the three things that you and I can learn in your notes about this poor widow and how she is a change agent. In giving away all that she had, this poor widow became a change agent first and foremost by sacrificing all of her earthly needs in complete obedience to God. She became a change agent by sacrificing all of her earthly needs in complete obedience to God. Take a look at verse 4 for a moment because that's kind of the critical verse. That's kind of like the, the, the main verse in this whole passage, verse 4. He says this, uh, the author Luke says, that uh, for they all contributed. Okay, let's stop for a moment and learn a little bit that, about that word. That word in the original language, which was Greek in this instance, literally means a free gift. It, it means it means giving something willingly. <laughs> there's There's a difference between Giving reluctantly and giving willingly, isn't there? There's a huge difference, isn't there? Like, yeah, I'm going to give this, but I don't really want to. And, you know, I just am not happy about this. Jesus is saying here, and he used a specific Greek word, or actually the author here is watching this, Luke, and he uses a specific Greek word that conveys the idea that the people that were there were happy and excited and gave Willingly, are you with me? They gave willingly. That's literally what that word contributed means. But I love this next part because what Luke does or what Jesus does here when he's saying this is he gives a contrasting word picture here of the kind of gifts that were given or from what or from whom they were given. And he uses this word abundance, which means exactly what you would think it means it means from a large amount. And so he's watching the rich people give there in the temple and they are giving out of their abundance. They are giving because they have so much or they're giving out of their overflow. Is literally what that word means, a large quantity of overflow. And they're giving. And Jesus contrasts that word abundance on one side with the word poverty on the other side. And the word poverty literally means one word. It means absence in the English language. This lady was giving out of nearly nothing. Do you see the contrast there? It's pretty easy to see, isn't it? You have on one side of things, you have those who have much, who have an abundance, that are giving out of that abundance. And you have this lady who comes, and she gives out of nearly nothing. There is an absence of anything. And he even goes on to describe, they gave out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on that word live there comes from a greek word bios we get what from that biology okay we it literally means to sustain life do you get the picture here she gave what she couldn't really give she gave two copper coins it says that equated to a fraction of the ability to live in a normal day in that day and age. Isn't that incredible? I mean, she had these two copper coins that would have been probably about like a penny for us or maybe even two pennies for us, and she gave all of that. It kind of actually looks like a penny almost. And she gave that. It was something that wouldn't have even, even have sustained her, but it was all that she had, and she gave it up. I, I mean, this lady did not call her CPA first. She didn't call her financial advisor or investor or broker and say, hey, what do you think? I'm going to give 100% of what I have. Because they would have said, no, 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 you're not doing that. You have to keep something back so that you can live on. Am I right? She gave all that she had. And in doing so, she showed that sacrificing all of her earthly needs was an obedience thing between her and God. We'll talk about the personal part of that in a moment. Secondly, in giving all that she had, This poor widow became a change agent by setting a new standard for generosity. She set a whole new standard for generosity. You see, up until this point in time, the standard for generous giving that was established all the way back in the Old Testament in the Jewish culture was a percentage of your income. I bet a lot of you know how much of the percent that was. What do you think that is? You can say it out loud if you think you know it. How much of a percent? 10%, that's right, a tithe. Multiple times in the Old Testament, the Bible established with God's people that the minimum requirement that they're supposed to give is 10%. What percentage did this poor widow give of what she had? All of it. I love that answer, by the way. All of it, every bit of it. She gave up everything. And in doing so, she set a new standard of generosity, didn't she? She opened her hands and willingly said, it's all yours, God. I'm giving it back to you. Now, listen, there there was no contest in the temple that day. It wasn't like, you know, Strong Giving Day at the, you know, Baptist Church down the road. Like, everybody bring, you know, what you can, the most you can, and somebody wins a prize at the end of the day, okay? There wasn't a poll, you know, a pool or a, you know, contest going on here. No, like, you know, Temple Fantasy League and who gives the most. This was a generous woman who gave everything she had because God told her at some point in time before we hear the story, maybe days, weeks, months, maybe years, God told her to do this. And she walked in obedience, and it demonstrates her abiding trust in God to take care of her, doesn't it? Because she trusted him with what would happen. Uh, when I was growing up in church, uh, we had Sunday school. A lot of you had Sunday school growing up in church. If you're in first through fifth grade here, Sunday school is basically like back then when we were in church. Um, It was basically like Island Kids, okay, for you. That's what Sunday school was. And we had a little song we sang, Trust and Obey. Some of you sang it, right? And I don't have a good voice, so I'm not going to try to sing it up here. Trust and Obey. But that's what this lady did. She trusted God, and she obeyed him. She did what? He told her to do because she understood a concept that many of us fail to understand. And if I'm honest with you, I have trouble with this concept from time to time. And I don't want you to miss this. Whether you're six or 60 in here, I want you to understand this. This lady demonstrated that she understood that God owns She understood that foundational principle that everything that she had was his to begin with. Do you see that? She understood that or else she wouldn't have given all of it back to God. She understood that God owns it all. And that principle is is laid down as a foundational principle all the way back in the Old Testament. Hundreds of years later, when the author of 1 Chronicles 29 says this, 29.11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. That word all is mentioned twice there. In the Hebrew language, guess what? It is almost exactly the same word that Luke and Jesus used in the Greek back in Luke. You know what it means? It means that one of the first through third graders shouted over, or first through fifth graders shouted over here. It means that's it. It's the whole piece. That's literally what it means. The whole part. The whole part. If you're reading this 1 Chronicles 29 11, uh, yours is the uh, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for the whole part that is in the heavens and the earth is yours, O Lord. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Go back to Luke 21 verse 4. For, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty because she put in all or the whole part of everything that she had to live on. She gave up everything. She gave it all. And in doing so, she became a change agent even for us in 2015. How else does she demonstrate by giving everything that she had that she's a change agent? Point number three. By showing us what's really important in life. I love this part. I love this part. This is great. Because this demonstrates something that um, is very hard for us to understand. And most people miss this in this passage because they miss verses 5 and 6. They think because of the break that's there in your Bible, if you're looking at your Bible, uh, that maybe 5 and 6 have to do with something else. But 5 and 6 have everything to do with what just happened with this poor widow. Take a look. At verses 5 and 6, and while some were speaking of the temple and how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, Jesus said in verse 6, as for these things that you will see, the days will come when there there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. You know what he says? He says there's a day coming when this temple, this beautiful temple will be destroyed. Now, just a little bit of history for those of you guys who, who like history. It really relates to our context here. The temple had been built and then destroyed and then rebuilt and then expanded and then renovated, by the way. <laughs> and then I'm sure it didn't look like that back there. But anyway, it was renovated. And the temple that existed in Jesus' day when he's in the temple was at the stage when it was, it was called Solomon's Temple. It was the most beautiful god-honoring thing that you've ever seen they didn't use gray paint for the walls of their temple they used gold it was amazing they did everything that they could to give glory to god so that people would be drawn to god It was a a step of honor for the Jewish people to have built such a wonderfully amazing temple. But as sometimes some people do, they get caught up with all the trappings and not God himself in worship. Jesus, by talking about this woman, says that all of that stuff is important because it draws people to God. But if that becomes the source of worship, we've missed the boat. We've missed it. And you see, this poor widow demonstrates to us that even someone who has an absence of nearly everything can teach us something about what really matters. She understood that it was God that should be worshipped. And it wouldn't matter what the temple looked like She was focused on the one who deserves the worship. And that's something for all of us to keep in mind, is is that he is the one that we worship. He is the one who deserves the praise and the glory. And interestingly enough, 68 years later, the temple was destroyed, wasn't it? If you're a historian, you know that the temple, Jerusalem was sieged, and the temple was destroyed, and to this day, hasn't been rebuilt, has it? And so Jesus proves that he's God by prophesying correctly that all of these stones would come down one day. All of these stones would come down one day. You know what Jesus is saying? You don't give to give to stuff. You give to give to the glory of God. We serve an irresistible God, and he deserves what is irresistible to people. But you know what? At the end of the day, our worship goes to him. Now, the situation that needs to be changed here may not be very obvious, but but I want to tell you. It it may be a little bit hidden, but I want to tell you what it is. It's this, uh, and and it kind of relates to the alternate mission. uh, uh, Take a look at your notes there. What would happen if this poor widow hadn't given all that she gave? Well, we wouldn't have a nice story to read today, right? (laughs) That's not it. We wouldn't have a great example of, uh, you know, something that Jesus told us. No, that's, that's not just it. If this lady had not given, if the poor widow had not given everything to God, we ourselves would not be spurred on to a higher level of generosity. We would not be spurred on to a higher level of generosity in our lives. And therein lies the hidden problem that needed to be solved, the thing that needed to be changed. You see, this lady understood that her gift Please don't miss this. Whether you are in first grade or whether you are a person that has made a ton of money and you're heading towards retirement, it does not matter. What this woman understood was that her gift mattered. And you see, the problem with The church in the modern day, the problem that we have at Hilton Head Island Community Church, and for those of you who are visiting, I guarantee you it may be the problem that you have in your church, is is that we all don't understand that if we are God followers, if we are Christ followers, his expectation is not just that the rich give. His expectation is not just that people that have abundance give and are generous. His expectation is that all of us, That my gift is no less important than someone who has an amazingly large gift to give. You see, the hopeless situation is found in the fact that if we, as a church, all gave a portion of what God has given to us, we would never have a need for anything. We would never have a need for anything. We wouldn't have to have fundraisers. We wouldn't have to raise money for this or raise money for that. You'll hear about... Uh, fundraisers at the end of the the service here. We we wouldn't have to do that because if all of us gave something, if all of us walked in obedience to God just like this poor widow did, wow, it'd be amazing what God could do. And it's not just about the church. It's not just about this organization. This is about stretching your faith. Listen, I went through a period of time in my adult life when I held very closely to our money because I was driven by fear. I was driven by a lack of trust in God the Father to take care of the rest. And as a pastor, as a pastor, I began to back off on giving a portion back to God. And when I finally came to my senses, and when God finally convicted me about that, and when I finally walked in obedience, and we haven't looked back since as a family, I cannot tell you the joy that comes. From that giving, it is amazing because we as a family get to watch our level of trust in God the Father deepen and get stronger. He wants each one of us to give. He wants each one of us to have a heart like this woman. The mission protocol is this. It's kind of the bottom line for us. Is being a change agent means trusting God so much that you could give him Everything. Please hear me today. I'm not one of those preachers that's on TV. You give everything you have and you'll be rich. I am not saying that. I hope you don't hear me saying that. Please save the emails. I'm not saying that at all. (laughs) I am saying that if God lays on your heart a specific amount or percentage or whatever to give, follow in obedience, like this poor widow. Ask God for that heart of generosity to give back portion of what he has given. 10% a tithe, I think that's the minimum standard. For some of you, man, you may be struggling right now. I get it. I understand that. I really do. But you know what? It's amazing what will happen when you begin in the spirit of generosity to begin just a little bit back to God, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more. I want so badly for each one of you to be able to experience the joy that comes with giving and the trust in God that sometimes follows. Sometimes that trust comes later, doesn't it, for those of you who have gone through this before. The thing I want to end with today is this, the change agent assignment. Does your giving to God demonstrate how much you trust him? Maybe some of you are here today, and man, this is an area of obedience. You're a change agent in your home, in your church, in your environment. Maybe you're a change agent. But some of you need to be challenged on this, and I pray that God's Holy Spirit would challenge you. Or would faith in action mean increasing your level of generosity? I know that some of you may be asking, how does such a private thing, because giving, at least to this church, is a private thing between you and your family and God. How does such a private thing put God on display? I'll tell you how and why. Because when you see him in action in this area of your life, when you see him be faithful to provide for you and your family when you give, oh man, you can be an amazing testimony of being able to trust in God. Your story can be an amazing story that can really deepen someone else's trust in God Almighty, the Father, the maker of heaven and earth. Being a change agent means helping tru- helping stretch other people's trust that God will provide. And that sometimes is dangerous. Sometimes is uncomfortable. But he will provide. Father God, thank you so much for your word. And this lesson from this widow who gave two copper coins, she gave all she had, everything. She didn't withhold anything. And at some point in time, you told her what she needed to give. And God, what a great example of a change agent that is for us. And God, I pray for those who are in here today. God, they already give to you. They give generously. They give way, uh, way above what maybe they're even comfortable with. And they get to watch you provide every step of the way for them. God, I thank you for them. God, I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would encourage them to keep on keeping on. And God, I pray for those who are in here today who this has been an area of struggle in their life. God, I pray that they would remember and that they would be reminded of your words from the prophet Malachi in Malachi 3.10. When the prophet says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, the temple, God's house, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. You say, Father God, this is the only area of Scripture where you ask us to test you in. And God, I pray in the strong name of Jesus that you would raise up many people at Hilton Head Island Community Church and in all of the churches in our community and beyond who really believe you for this. God, that you would raise up boys and girls, men and women, young and old, who give a portion back to you because you own it all anyway, God. And God, I pray that the second half of that verse is true. The promise that you make and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. I pray that in the strong name of Jesus for those who are in here who need to move forward in their trust. In this area and god may they be a blessing and an example to others around them when you do provide when you do take care when you are faithful and they can brag about you god i pray that you do that in the life of the people in this church help us to be change agents like this poor widow in jesus name i pray amen <laughs>